So we have to talk about it, right? What the our primary interaction with uh, Star Trek has been in the last. <laughs> I was I was wondering if we were going to or not, or like if eventually we would get to an episode that would force it to come up. Yeah, I I think we should just because you know we can we can get people to we should we should ask people to join our our oh yeah we should all of our listeners our our fleet or whatever it's called. Uh, so uh, it, I should I should preface this by saying that. It's probably like a month and a half ago now. We're, this is we're recording this in early July, but about a month and a half ago, I was watching a Deep Space Nine episode in which Bashir wears this incredibly douchey, shiny silver racquetball workout unitard um, to play racquetball in a hollow suite against uh, O'Brien. I was just so taken by that, by like how dumb he looks, that I I googled racquetball Bashir. The first result was uh, a link to a character named racquetball Bashir from the mobile game. I think you don't have to play it on PC, but the mobile game Star Trek Timelines, uh, which is like a kind of I don't know what genre of it would be, but it's like one of those games where you have characters and you can level them up and you know give them new equipment upgrades and stuff like that. It's kind of similar to the Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes game or like the there's a Marvel game like this too but this one one of the things I like about this one more than those is that it's focused a lot less on combat and it's focused more on like having stats and like statting out characters in ways that are like strategic and then using those stats to meet thresholds yeah so the characters go on like they go on missions and instead of a game where you like they have attacks that you send against other uh, you know other characters that are attacking you it's these missions where uh, it basically is like a little episodic story and you have to have, you know, you to pass each sort of checkpoint along the story, you have to have a certain number of, of whatever these different stats are, like science or engineering or that. Uh, yeah, medicine and command and diplomacy and uh, combat, I think, or security. security yeah, security, yeah. I think is yeah. what they, yeah, that one's called, yeah, the gun. So anyway, it had been a while since I had really let a mobile game sink my teeth into me, but, you know, I'm not a big Star Trek kick, but also the way that the universe of this game is basically that there is some kind of a crisis in time where our universe is being flooded with different characters from alternate timelines. And so it's basically all of these different Star Trek characters existing in the same at the same time, interacting with each other. But not only is it the, all the characters from the from the shows, but it's like all sorts of different versions of them. So yeah, uh, from from different points in, in the series. So you have like, you know, as I said, you have like Racquetball Bashir, Rackable but you, Bashir. you also have uh, a Bashir from a later episode where he basically is a James Bond. And you also have a Bashir who's a prisoner and you also have Bashir from the mirror universe probably and you know that's interacting with spock from the episode where spock doesn't have a brain and uh (laughs) spock that one is there yes uh and and like you know the 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 wharf from our uh head our episode our show our show header where he's uh, a robin hood character and uh down to like some very obscure folks too like there's a ton of characters in this thing yeah and there's, I, I'm always impressed by how many there are from, especially like the original series of just sort of like one-off characters that were in one episode of the original series or even the animated series. I, I think I actually, I either have or I saw, I, I either have her or like I ended up not getting her because I accidentally let, let a voyage lapse or something. Mm-hmm. The lawyer who prosecutes Kirk in that ep- the first episode of original series oh, really? that we that we did, I, I think, I believe so. I, I, it was one of those things where like the name was kind of familiar and I was like, I think think that's who that is. But uh, there's, there's a few characters 
like that where where I'm like I'm pretty sure this is this person or or those characters who like I assume that's this person. So like I have a character whose name is Louis Zimmerman and he is played by uh, Robert Picardo and he's like some kind of a scientist and so I am assuming that he is well, I was assuming anyway that he was a that he was a inventor who invented the holographic doctor that, that you see on the on Voyager and other and other ships and and like Dr. Noonien Soong he uh, vainly decided to model the the hologram after himself. Yep. And I believe that is actually what what happens because I I was scrolling through Kim and I were scrolling through some upcoming Deep Space Nine episodes and I it it does appear that he makes an appearance there uh, in in that show as. Oh, does As he this really? Guy. I don't yeah. Know I that. So, because I know he's in. There's at least one episode of Voyager where they have to like send the doctor somehow for him to like repair him. Okay. I, I forget how the how they make that work, but who's your who's your best character right now in the in the so, game? You think? So I think my in in terms of like stats are just like my favorite because I think probably well, in both, both cases. Give, give me both. I think the answer to both is probably I have a version of O'Brien who's like dressed up as a World War II pilot and like oh, that's holding, right. You're me holding a beer. He's like <laughs> holding a mug of beer in one hand and like giving a thumbs up with the other hand. And he's just great in so many ways. That's that is good. Although I did yesterday because I was trying to get cadet challenge where you can only use like the blue female characters. Yeah, yeah. Which this is I'm sure just thrilling listening for anybody who doesn't. It's a good game. If you like Star Trek, you should check it out. And and look up our our fleet which is just called Out of Contracts. Yep, and you can request an invite and I will let you I will let you come in yeah. and you can contribute to the fleet and if you are in the fleet you get additional bonuses and if you donate equipment you can you can get further on bonuses uh, once we start getting enough equipment. So, it's good it's fun. But yeah, sorry. So, what, yeah, what so got? for that I used a bunch of training programs and upgraded and and I think I also finally used Honor to buy the like the whatever they're called the, like you can up the star level of people oh, yeah, yeah, without yeah. Having to like combine them with the same person. The citations, I think they're called. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think I, so I upgraded. I have like a, a Torres uh, and then a Dax and a Kess that I was like trying to get all of them upgraded enough to to do that mission. So yeah, okay. My best character undoubtedly is actually a a blue character. I have a few gold and purple characters who are the for if you have not played the game, blue per, gold is like the most rare and usually the best characters and then purple is the second second most rare and second best but i have a blue character who is the third but her stats are really good and it's sniper esri dax oh is she only blue because i run into her in the gauntlet all the time and just like assume she must be a no yeah she's she is a blue only okay but i think if you're playing her in the gauntlet her this is this is going really into the weeds but (laughs) but if, if you're i'll just say if you're if you're playing her in a regular mission basically her she she has two stats, medicine and security, that are both almost equal, and they're both really high. That is a one thing I found is very rare is like people that have more than one stat that are both like both pretty high. Yeah, because there's some missions where the number of things you need is more than you're only allowed to send three people. Right, and if you're you know you have somebody that has a lot of engineering and then just a little bit of security, so they're really only good for for one of them. Right. And then that's even further complicated by, which is one of the things I like about the game is because it's, it, you know, having, I've played a lot of Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes before I finally kind of burned out on it. And one of the things that I don't like about that game very much is that kind of, A, like you, you, to be good at the game, you really kind of have to focus on like a very small group of people that you've selected. And B, those people kind of all have to be 
they have to work well with each other. So, like, if I wanted, you mm-hmm. know, for example... So you have, like, a rebel team or a... Or a clone team. I, I did clone team for a while. And, and, like, a lot of the teams just won't rate either in, like, you know, high-level PvP. You know, you, you, you I tried to get my clone team up there. And I don't think a clone team was really... was At, at that point in, this, in the game, anyway, was not really working out. But, you know, for example, like, in, the, in that game, I, I have a soft spot for Episode 1 of Star Wars. And so I had a very high-leveled Newt Gunray. And Newt Gunray <laughs> is not... Newt Gunray not actually a great character to get to a high level in that game and also he just doesn't have very good synchronicities with most of the better characters in that Mm -hmm. game and one of the things i like about this game is that you have to have a lot of different characters who are good because you have certain things where you can only use certain rarities of characters you have also you have like several things you can be doing at once including things that where you have to commit certain characters to a task that you that, then they have to stay on that task for several hours while you just kind of like let your phone do its thing and then it's working in the background but also like on a lot of the missions a lot of the some of the certain parts of the missions are locked for different traits so like uh, there might be a, one that's locked by changelings which means that you'd have to use Odo or the the Dominion leader or someone like that or they're locked by holograms or they're locked by physicians or whatever and so it's you know I'm constantly finding like going back going trying to do things and be like okay well I guess all right, so I need someone who is an interrogator, who's good at science. So I kind of have to like scroll through my list of like 120 characters and I'm like, okay, so this guy's pretty good at that. So I bet you, what level is he? Okay, so I guess I can probably level him up and get him there. You know, and so there is this element of it really does make you use like a lot of tools in your arsenal. And so it's it's very it's very fun. And it really also has taken up like a ton of my free time. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's something that for both of us at least started as just kind of a like it's sort of fun and cool to see the different characters that you can collect. And like always real exciting when you get a good one or like an obscure one or something like that. But but yeah, there's a good amount of like gameplay and strategy in it, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, Star Trek Timelines, we both like it. We both recommend it. Come join our out of contracts fleet in there and i hope that this didn't bore you and we should start talking about the episode though because i liked it hi and welcome to out of contracts the show where two guys who have seen part of star trek try to watch all of it in no particular order i'm ryan howard and i'm brady jungle so the today the episode we are talking about is voyager season two episode 22 and it's called innocence the memory alpha description is tuvok is trapped on a moon with a group of alien children who are disappearing one by one or as i like to say as i as i uh, texted you the other day it's the episode where tuvok gives a child a gun right yeah so or, so or I does he like about that first of all i don't think that's correct because they spend most of the episode sort of so it's him and these three kids are alone on this moon and then i guess to spoil later on when they do start disappearing i think two of them both disappear at once and then it's just him and the last one that's true so one by one is a little inaccurate but i also so i i have to admit the like the netflix like when you pick the episode the one liner on that one uh Mm -hmm. i wrote down because it is tuvok crashes on a planet where he finds some children who know that they're all going to die which while not necessarily well written did jog my memory of this episode enough that i remembered what the twist at the end was Okay. I have a little bit of an issue with the twist, but I did like this episode yeah. overall, which we, we can get to. But uh, this episode was written by Lisa Klink and, with a story by uh, Anthony Williams, and it was directed by James L. Conway. So, uh, yeah, why don't you take us in? I have a few notes on this one, but why don't you, why don't you take us yeah. in to, to, the, to the episode? 
So, so the episode kind of opens up, and I was wondering, is this just a Voyager thing? Because I feel like we've had a few that I've noticed it happening in, where it very much happens like in the middle of something happening. I feel like I'm, I may have commented on this another time too, but you kind of generally think of Star Trek as opening with like a wide exterior shot of the ship, and then like the captain voices over a captain's log, and this one starts out with Tuvok on this, his shuttle just having crash landed on this planet, and he's like trying to save his like the other officer that's with him yeah um, that's interesting in in the episode we're going to talk about in two weeks i believe that also just like that cuts does, straight into the action yeah that one does which is also a voyager too. episode so and i guess speaking so yeah so so the episode opens up and one of voyager's shuttles which has a tuvok and ensign bennett on it who i don't know if we've just forgotten to or haven't had the chance to but i would like to take a moment of, of red shirt recognition oh that's and, right uh, we'll have a moment of silence here for for ensign bennett who dies shortly into this episode and uh but yeah so they've crashed on this this moon that they are (laughs) sorry Yeah, they crash on the moon. <laughs> they crash. They crash on the moon that they were, I think, exploring for for resources or fuel or something like that. And you know, Tuvok kind of says a couple things to Ensign Bennett, and then he dies. And then then Tuvok hears a noise and finds that there are these three young children that say that they they also they were on a shuttle that was coming to this moon and it crashed, and everyone else on the shuttle died, and so it's now just these three children kind of alone by themselves. Mm-hmm. They all um, give all the kids give him a big hug, and he he's very uncomfortable. Yes, yeah, and and so that is that's kind of the 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 bulk of the episode is sort of this interaction between Tuvok, who as a Vulcan is very you know doesn't doesn't express emotion, and these kids that are being just kind of typical children and like messing with things and running around and making noise and asking him questions that he doesn't want to take the time to answer while he's trying to work to repair the shuttle and, and get things working again. And so he, a couple times, you know, does a couple different things where he talks to them about his own children or tries to kind of teach them sort of the types of things that Vulcans teach their children in terms of self-control and controlling their emotions because all these children are very scared because they've essentially been told these sort of ghost stories or nursery rhymes about a monster that lives on this moon that it's going to, to come and get them in the night and kill them or take them away. What's the name of the monster again? Uh, uh, Morak. The, Mor- the Morak. The Morak, yeah. Um, and there's a cave nearby where they think that that's where the, the Morak comes from and takes you away. Yeah, which I kept on wishing that someone was watching with me who was paying attention enough for me to, to say, The cave! Do not forget your failures at the cave! Uh, <laughs> it's very uh, Empire Strikes Back. But Kim was only half paying attention to this episode in the room uh. with me, so... <laughs> so now there's something too that's kind of going on simultaneous to this well actually like after the op- after the cold open then we do get a captain's log yeah from i think that's janeway right. and she says that that she sent out these parties to analyze the the you know resources on these on these moons which is that's that's where tuvok has crashed but then she also like simultaneously she's arranging a meeting with the the leader of the the planet which seems like not the correct order to do that. <laughs> that you would maybe like establish some sort of relations with the people whose territory it is before you just start landing teams to like explore and see if they have any useful resources it's very it's very age of sail very american that doesn't seem like very 
uh, Starfleet. Yeah, I would agree. And so, so at first, the um, there's a few scenes with that where the the leader of these people who are called the Drayans, yes, who and you you can tell by sort of a marking they have on their on their head is the same the same race as these these children that Tuvok is with on the moon. And this is all before Voyager knows that Tuvok's shuttle has crashed. Um, sort of before he would be due back. Yeah, it, it's also before it's a, it's also I believe before we find out from the kids that the that that about what the Morok is. So it's just this is just kind of at this point yeah, there's just some yeah, weird kids right. and then this meeting yeah. happens. And then meanwhile, yeah, she's meeting with these people and there's and it's kind of this sort of first contact interaction where she shows them around the ship and they kind of explain their culture. And they, they talk about how they're a culture that had kind of a lot of technological advancement that then um, caused them to lose their their dreanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that so they are now a, a race that very much kind of is they're very uh, reclusive and don't deal with outsiders. They very much don't focus on technology and are, are very um, they kind of just keep to themselves on their planet and follow their their traditions. Th- this also I think not as much as as some that we've had, but. They do, I feel, introduce one of those uh, stories that I would like to see turned into an episode when they're like on their way to meet these people and Janeway and Chakotay are talking about kind of how exciting it is to get to do, you know, be the first people to meet a new race. And Chakotay talks about how when he was like a, some sort of junior officer in Starfleet, he convinced his captain to let him take the lead in first in first contact and he like accidentally did a a hand gesture wrong and uh like proposed marriage to (laughs) the the alien ambassador yeah Yeah, you only ever see that happen going well in 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 the actual episodes i feel like right (laughs) there's that one episode of tng where picard is stuck on the holodeck while he's supposed to be studying how to like say you know yeah and then he like bug. at the end of the episode like runs onto the bridge and does and it perfectly na- but yeah he nails it yeah he does <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i feel like that could be that could be a fun comedic episode of like chakotay trying to get out of getting married to this ambassador mm-hmm. um it's it's not quite to the level of the uh the ferengi heist on fort knox that that they talk about in one episode but now now one thing that i kind of noted i think that the tuvok stuff in this episode is very strong but the stuff with the drayans interacting with janeway and company i think is a little bit less so uh partially because i just don't think that either of them but especially janeway handles these interactions well, both of them really. I don't think really handle those actions very well because, you know, we find out that basically, you know, the reason why we find out that they they they've isolated themselves because of the rejected technology is that Janeway gives them all a tour of their ship and she goes, so she first takes them to the uh, warp core and to show off, you know, the warp core and the first prelate Alicia or Alcia, who is their the leader of the Drayans, basically says, "Well, that's weird that you showed us this first. Like, are you so obsessed with technology? That's you know, we don't like that because that's yeah, what." This is the thing you're like most proud of, and yeah, and and, and Janeway I think handles it very well. It says, "Oh no, 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 we, we don't. It's not the technology we are interested in. It. We're interested in what we can do with it, like how we can communicate with other people and learn things." But still, Alcia is not really having it, and so for some reason, then the next place that they take her is the sick bay, where there is a holographic man who is, right. who is, and she like shows off that, and yeah, also it's like, like Janeway, don't like, do that. Don't you can skip the sick bay if if that's right, and you know. she and you also don't have like she like 
points out, like makes a point to to say that the doctor is a hologram. Right. <laughs> right. Instead of just like, like you could just not say anything and they can assume he's just another person. But she's like, and you might like to know this man is not real. And it's like, no, they, they wouldn't like to know. That's the whole, they just said that. They don't do that. But uh, so they, they kind of make things pretty frosty right away. And then there's some kind of emergency. And so Alcia is called away and basically says, we don't really want to talk to you guys anymore. Yeah. Pull, pull, pull out of our, our moons and get yeah, out of here. Because essentially the emergency that they find out, we later find out is that I think, well, I think first just that they learned that the, the shuttle that was supposed to be carrying these children had crashed on this moon. But then later, I think they and Voyager both find out at the same time that that Tuvok shuttle has also crashed on this moon and and that's considered to be like a very large offense by these people because this moon is sort of the sacred ground for them and they're very offended that that the federation is like sort of set like these outsiders have set foot on this this place that's kind of one of their most sacred places and to make matters worse once Tuvok realizes that there are people looking for them on the on the moon the kids get even more scared and say that these are the people who sent us here to die. And so Tuvok starts hiding the kids from the 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 people who are on the planet, which makes them. the Drains even more upset that Starfleet is there. Yeah. Or the Voyager is there. And then, so, so Voyager kind of finds out that this is going on as well and is trying to, still trying to diplomatically convince the Drains to let them come to the moon because they, they, they know from, they can pick up Tuvok's uh, life signs down there, I think. So they know that Tuvok's still down there, but um, like the drains won't let them go down and and get him and rescue him. And meanwhile, you know, Tuvok is continuing to kind of comfort these kids and protect them because they keep they keep saying, you know, no, like these our people want us to die, and that's why they brought us here. And and Tuvok kind of makes this comment about how it's it's illogical for a a race to kill their own children that you know, that that's kind of the future, so you wouldn't be cutting off life at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they they go to sleep, and the next morning they wake up, and two of the kids have disappeared. And Tuvok goes to, like, explore the cave and finds their, sort of their empty clothing, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so the the one kid that is left... Who's that's a very is, creepy image, too, by the way. Like, I, I think, like, the way that that's, like, shot in the music and stuff is, it's very well done, where he kind of goes into this cave, and, and he's looking around at all this clothing, and he realizes, oh, maybe there is a monster or something. Like, like, like maybe I thought these kids were, were messing, were, were, were just making something up, but, like, yeah. Clearly, something is happening, and it, it kind of almost freaks him out a little bit. Uh, you know, it yeah. ruffles him, which in a way he's not usually someone who gets who gets very ruffled. Right, and so then he goes back and and becomes kind of determined to protect Tressa, who is the last the last child that's left. And I think this is the point where that you were talking about, where when he goes up to exp- explore the cave, he he just hands Tressa uh, his phaser, yeah, and like shows her <laughs> where to like how to fire it. Right. And leaves. Uh, one thing that I think this this kind of episode is not always served well by the way we do recaps because I think the thing about this episode that is really good and and interesting is all of the stuff that kind of is happening kind of in between the plot where where it's just Tuvok trying to tell people tell the kids you know try, trying to basically like be a surrogate parent to these kids for a yeah. short period of time in in the way that he best knows how but it's not really a way that is actually going to be like super effective to most kids who aren't Vulcan, Vulcan. And, and but but also I don't know it's, but in it a was, way it, it does turn out being 
you know, because it, right. and, it, and they, they do that, I think, very well, because it starts out as just him kind of, you know, he almost exhibits like frustration in whatever sense a Vulcan can, but he gets very like, almost like annoyed with these kids, because he's trying to work and they keep like picking up things and talking to him and playing and so at first he's just trying to get these kids to behave and so he like sits them all down and he uh you know there's a very nice kind of like in the typical dry vulcan sense of humor the the kids ask like what are your kids like tuvok and his answer is they are well behaved yeah <laughs> um but but he teaches them like some vulcan things of like you know how to calm yourself and and it first of all just with the intention of kind of making them shut up and leave him alone but then as as it goes on and you you kind of get to deeper levels of it because they're afraid of dying and so he's kind of walking them through through that as well and you know kind of helping them to manage that fear and the fear of the unknown but also saying like you know it is it's totally like normal to want to stay alive um, yeah and and just kind of helps them like focus and calm themselves um and and really like you build an emotional connection with tuvac and with these children and kind of in a relatively short period of time of this episode they really kind of build up that connection so that what follows has like an emotional impact which yeah, it, it's really it's really well done because I think it kind of simultaneously is showing you the strengths and the weaknesses of like this philosophy that he has, because in some ways, right, like it does cause them, you know, he is trying to figure out ways to calm them and he's trying to talk about like that we need to think logically about this. At the same time, they're causing him to question some elements of how he does things and like the way he lives his life, I think. And also, you know, there are things that he does that I I did write in one of my notes that he's emotionally abusing these kids, kind of, because, you know, he's basically telling, even though he's giving them some good advice, he's also saying to them, don't be afraid. And, you know, it's okay to be afraid. Like, it's it's an okay, that's an okay thing to, to feel as long as you don't want to control you, you know? Yeah. But he and he kind of is, you know, saying it would be better if you just kind of like take your fear and make it go away and not feel things, you know, or at least not let you not feel things in like a, a present sense. But then they also are asking him, you know, do you have kids? What are they like? You know, do do you love them? And he kind of sort of like thinks about it for a second. You know, he where he almost kind of like, well, I don't really want to say that I love them. Yeah, but because I, that I do be like an emotion. Yeah, and so he tries to describe that as that, like, they... They're part of me, and I, I, you know, I I feel like part of me is not with me now because I haven't seen my kid in such a long time. Yeah. And, and just, and two, you know, I think you texted me, you know, what was the thing you texted me, the, the, the quote you really liked a lot? Yeah, so there's a line, and I think it's when they're asking him, like, what, basically they ask him what do Vulcans believe happens when they die, or, like, do the do they believe in a soul? Um, because they say, you know, like we're told that, uh, I forget what they're, but yeah, but they're, they're talking about like when they, they feel like they're afraid to die. And he says that the Vulcan belief is that, um, basically that your, your soul, your like true self will like carries on. And they ask him, well, is that what you believe? And he, he kind of pauses for a moment and he says, uh, he says a line that he says, when I was younger, I accepted it without question, but in recent years I have experienced doubts. Um, which which I think is just kind of, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's like this very telling kind of that I think like you're saying applies not only to, uh, to like that question, but just, a lot of uh, his philosophy, sort of in the same way that I'm sure, you know, I think most people as they go through life, like there's that, there is that point where there's all these, these things that you, you know, growing up kind of just as like 
accepted as like part of just how the world works and what was true. And then as you grow up and you experience more things, you're kind of forced to to reevaluate like what your actual beliefs are, just like how how strongly do you accept things as being true? Mm. Uh, this is kind of again threaded through the the whole episode, and then you know, but kind of becoming more uh, more dire as you know after the other two kids one of whom is we we would be remiss to not say one of the two uh, two kids who goes missing first is played by Taj Maori of of uh BT and Tamara Maori's brothers fame and also from oh, really? <laughs> being one of Michelle's friends on Full House uh fame um nice i didn't know yeah i didn't know who any of the kids were i did yeah. make a note that uh the that those three kids are all now between the ages of 32 and 34 which <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that, but that's just that's because that's I mean, that's that's funny because it's like okay, so like that's how old I would have been. Like, like, like they're how yeah, old so I would have been if I was watching the, the show when it came out. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, they'd be much old. The characters would be the much characters, older. though. Yeah, if we yeah. want to get to that. Well, yeah. So, kind of, how does it all? So it comes to yeah, head. So the, they're basically, it comes to head. Basically, yeah. Tuvok and and Tressa, the last uh, child that's left, sort of get their shuttle working enough to to try to escape. And at the same time, Janeway has like decided that she kind of has to rescue her crewmen, and she's just regardless of the sort of the diplomatic implications, she takes a shuttle down to the planet to rescue Tuvok. And then the Drayans also send a shuttle, or are going to try to you know keep Tuvok from leaving. And they all end up on the planet kind of in the same place and it's Tuvok and the child and then it's Alcia the leader of the Drayans and then I think Janeway shows up at the same time too at this kind of confrontation with Tom Paris but he's essentially pretty pretty inconsequential uh though yes fortunately blessedly yeah yeah and that's why this is a good episode yes um it's not the only reason and and it comes out sort of essentially the alcia finally explains that what's going on here is that their their race as they as they age they their aging process is essentially reversed that as they get older they become more and more like children and so these children are actually people who are at the very end of their life, and Kim and, yelled, "They're Benjamin Buttoning when right. when this serial happened." Yeah, it's, essentially, it's I I haven't seen it, but but yeah, essentially, it's it's that, and so they have come to the end of their life, and this is their tradition: is this is sort of the sacred place that they come to, and normally they're brought here with with these I forget what they're called, like caretake not caretakers. That's that's a different thing. Attendants that kind of help help prepare them and help walk them through this this process and then and then this is where they die and the attendants were all killed in the shuttle crash and so these and you know these children all essentially have dementia that like as they get old they kind of are confused and don't know what's going on and and then or just not i don't know if that was dementia as much as it was to me it seemed like it was just that because like she still you know remembers stuff but it just yeah, because I guess later on she like talks about her grandson or that kind of thing. Yeah, her her understanding is is limited. Like the their their abil- her ability to like have comp- complex thoughts is you know yeah. is, is waning. And so sort of the culmination of this is that you know without realizing it, Tuvok has kind of served the the role of the attendant. That he's you know helped these children as they're kind of making this last journey and calmed them and help them to not be afraid of death and to kind of go on to it and so it's very you know he's like very honored that he got to do this with tressa and so the two of them go like walk off together into the cave where sort of she will she will end up dying and and yeah it's one of those it's very like the emotional impact i think is very strong and like it's a very well executed story beat until you 
stop to think about it at all. Right. <laughs> and then if you think about like go back and think on the rest of the episode up to this that point, like makes it makes no sense with that context that I don't know that it, it makes no sense, but it is it's one of those things where I feel like this does happen occasionally on Star Trek. I mean, it happens in all fiction where if the episode had, uh, if, you know, and and this is, you know, I was kind of criticizing Janeway at the beginning for going and showing them the Doctor after seeing how they reacted to the warp drive. But like, this is all on the, the other woman, the, the Alcia, that this whole episode could have been avoided if Alcia had explained what the deal is. Why, like yeah. if, she, if she had just said, so this is where we have our, 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 you know, our. This is where we take our old people to die, yeah. and it's not like a bad. It's not like a. It's not like a cruel thing or anything. Like this is like there's some kind of like energy that like absorbs them, and like this is just like the natural aging process here. And so it would be cool if yeah, you if could like help you would us. let us like send more people down to like take care of these these children that are there. Yeah, and it, it just really is this thing of, oh, so if they had just had any kind of conversation at all, then this whole thing could yeah. have been avoided. And, and yeah, I think the other thing, I think maybe to your point, is at, right after they finally reveal that these were all old people the whole time, then the the girl, Tressa, says, you remind me of my grandson, to to right. Tuvok. <laughs> and it's like, oh, how did that not come up? Uh, yeah, that all the conversations before between like Tuvok and these kids, they're like, do you have any kids, Tuvok? And he's like, yes, I have a son. And they, you would think that the reaction to that would be like, oh, well, I do too. That's, yeah. that's a different, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that they throughout this are like acting like children and in interacting with Tuvok in terms of like children as we think of children as offspring. And yeah, you would have thought that it would have in some way come up in their conversations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I you know, I, I have a few old people in my life and you can't talk to them for five minutes without them mentioning that they have grandkids or like something they did in the 50s or something like that. You know what I mean? And I, I mean that with all the respect in the world. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, you can't, with someone who is so old that they are going to die soon from being old, the conversation is... Is colored by the fact that they've, like, lived, you know, they just have all that yeah. life history. Um, and, yeah, that would have come up. At the same time, though, I am, I'm willing to forgive a lot because I actually do think that, metaphorically, it really does have a lot of resonance because I think it is, it is you know, a, a solid choice to make... To, to kind of like flip the script there. I especially, I like, I really like th- that when we, we get the reveal, it's because... Alcia is explaining to Tressa, and she says they don't understand because they age in reverse. And it's it's like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, to, to them, yeah, from their perspective, the like we, we we do it weird, yeah, yeah. Uh, and even though like they're they're like the only beings in the universe that that do it that way, but right. but uh, I you know again I think from a metaphorical standpoint it does make a ton of sense because it is it is like you know when you get when you get to be old a lot of the time like that's when you require people to take care of you again the way you did when you were a kid and it is you know your your brain does like have some breakdown where like it's harder for you to learn new things and it's harder for you to like understand what's going on sometimes i think there there is there are some parallels to me there and i think there's also some parallels of that i i think I, I don't think it's a coincidence that like sometimes we infantilize the elderly and they're you know they choose in this episode to make them actually kids that are even easier to talk down to because you assume they don't understand stuff 
And so I, I do think I'm willing to cut it some slack because I think the metaphor they're working with is pretty strong. And it, you're right. It is, I think, super emotionally resonant at the end when, you know, it's I think it's it's pretty rare on this show that you're going to connect with a child character, especially one who's yeah. not a main cast member. And for the and they it, it really does work, I guess. You know, and I'm sure that's in part due to the performance of Tressa, who is played by Tiffany Tobman. Um, so I like to call that out because it's it's rare you get like really good child acting on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, no, she did a really good, really good job. Yeah, so I, I am willing to forgive a lot, but uh, uh, you know, my my issue was was just why didn't Alcia tell Janeway this? Um, <laughs> up top instead of like turning it into this hugely diplomatic incident but yeah yeah but but no i think in in a lot of ways this is like this episode is i think a good example of sort of what star trek can be at its best where you really do like you take like a fairly simple concept at its root for like how another you know another species could be different from our own and then they really like flesh that out and explore that and then at the same time, you're also exploring, you know, one of the characters that we do know and love and like really learning more about Tuvok through this and just building this emotional connection with all these characters. And it really culminates in a, uh, a moment that I think lands really well at the end. Yeah, it's it was it's definitely a solid episode. I was a little verklempt at the end. And I also was like, it's a very real episode, too, about about death. And I did watch this movie yeah. with, with my kids and I was kind of <laughs> like, I hope this isn't freaking my kids out, but. <laughs> about like kids dying yeah 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 i i really really enjoyed it um i don't really have a lot of else notes the only other thing that i had kind of noted was that the there's a little bit of stuff we didn't really talk about it but like as janeway and, and paris are landing on the planet tuvok is trying to take off and essentially like the solution they're trying to figure out in terms of how to get get away involves warp coils and i guess i didn't realize that the uh the shuttles had warp capability oh yeah that's a good I don't know if they do or not. I'm trying to think now if there's... They talk about warp coils on us. So yeah, like, so they might. Those go on warp. I suppose, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe we have seen, like, war for Troy or something come back from some kind of conference or something. Somewhere, like, far away on a shuttlecraft? Yeah, yeah I wonder if they may have, maybe. like, limited, limited warp capability or something. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's... I feel like there's... See, now, my problem now, because I, like, just fairly recently watched The Orville, is now I'm, like, getting episodes mixed up like was that a star trek episode or was that an orville episode because i'm yeah. like trying to remember i'm remembering this story where like part of the the thing they do involves like a shuttle being in warp or coming out of warp or that but i think that may have been an episode of the orville maybe when the orville finally comes back we can do a special on the orville because the orville is also yeah, quite good I, I really like it um, um yeah the only other <laughs> note i had was there's a line when um and i think it's when janeway and paris are like trying to go land on the planet and they're being chased by a, one of the drain ships and i think janeway says this line but she says that we're on their home turf and they have every advantage and then she says that may be reason enough for them not to fire on us and i was just like what <laughs> like that doesn't that, that, that makes no sense at all to me like you, you said it very confidently but i don't understand how that how that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah Sounds i didn't good, think about that that's fair. yeah you know something else actually about this episode too because not to belabor this episode this recording too much but one thing i was thinking about watching this because i've been watching a lot of deep space nine in my free time with kim and i was going to ask if you're still if you're still doing that you're still working your way through deep yeah space we're nine. almost done with 
we're almost done with season two and I am liking it more. I, I think it, it is. But the, the thing the thing about it that I think is is noteworthy is that I think there's a reason why a lot of the episodes of that show we have not enjoyed very much on our show, which is that even before it gets super serialized at the end, it is by far the most serialized Trek like pre all access era and you know not necessarily because they're serializing the storyline but because they're serializing the characters and like the realities of the situation and stuff like that and Hmm. so you know when you when you have an episode about say an episode especially especially the sessions with kira especially who i've still don't like very much she's definitely still like my least favorite character on that show but like when you when you have an episode where kira is like one of the main characters a lot of times it has to do with the political situation in bajor which involves the former occupation by the cardassians and it involves who is going to be the vedic and who are the kais you know and all of this stuff where it is much more rewarding, you know, following that than it would be to just drop in because you, you do need some context for that stuff to, mm. I think, make it effective. And I, which I, which I understand why some people like that a lot. And, and there are some episodes of Deep Space Nine that I really, that I have really enjoyed. And I think they, they are more resonant because of that. But that being said, you know, watching these, you know, Kim watched some of these with me and, and Kim is not really loving Deep Space Nine very much at all. And, and she was kind of saying, oh man, this, I was half watching these and these seemed so much more interesting to me than Deep Space Nine. And, and I really do, I, I, I think it is Voyager, you know, at this point is now the show, it's A, I believe the show we've watched the most of for this for our show but also it's the it's the it's the uh star trek show that i've watched the most for without without having any underlying context because now i do have some for for d69 and it really is effective like it 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 really does a good job i think i mean i guess all this to say is that i really you know we talk about the slap voyager is underrated like it it you know i could drop into this when it's good, it, it's really good. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I was thinking about this too. I think this is our first episode about Tuvok, and so I know a little bit about Tuvok because I've seen other episodes of the show where he's been on them, and I also I know what the deal is with uh, Vulcans. But this is the first time we've seen him, and he just dropped in, and we're like, oh, and he's like, oh, what a cool little character piece, and it just it really is like good episodic television, you know, very very solid stuff. And I guess I just wanted to you know get get another like Voyager is underrated uh, plug on this because I really did like this episode a lot, and I think it, it really does speak to a lot of the strengths of the show and just to strengths of you know the 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 more typical format, even though there's nothing wrong necessarily with the DC. Space Nine format or that the more serialized formats of later on or you know I don't really know what the deal is with the Enterprise format but like the you know the original and animated and TNG and Voyager format it really does like there there is like a, a magic to it you know mm-hmm. but where it really can just you can just drop in and be told this tale that is entertaining and you know meaningful and resonant um, I don't know it's it's good stuff for sure yeah I agree Anyway, I think that's all we have to say about this one, um, but we really both uh, liked it quite a bit, so definitely check this one out if you are someone who doesn't always check them out uh, before the show. Our next episode is another Voyager episode. It is called Equinox Part 1, and it is the 26th episode of the fifth season of Voyager. So it is the season finale of mm-hmm. season five of Voyager. So we will be back at you uh, with, in two weeks with that one, so check that out and then come back. That's also another one I would, I would say definitely worth watching. 
publishing. But you know, uh, beyond that, uh, you can check us out on Twitter uh, at contracts, or you can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. If you are interested in kind of other podcasts uh, kind of like us or, you know, our sister podcast, you can check out Here's Johnny, which is a podcast about horror media. Or you can uh, go listen to more That's Not How Science Works. So if you listen to our, uh, one of our recent episodes, they were on uh, one of our shows and we had a great time with them. That uh, They're a science and pop culture uh, podcast. You can listen to uh, Wizard Studies, which is a uh, Harry Potter podcast. Obviously, the creator of Harry Potter has been in the news lately for some not great reasons. But the the I, th- I believe the, the ladies at Wizard Studies are still enjoying Harry Potter, the concept, while not at all endorsing the recent uh, decisions that are being made by the creator of Harry Potter. Right. So feel free to to indulge still there. But yeah, I think that's that's it for us. So thank you everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks everybody. Bye. Although listeners of this podcast may find themselves brave for having withstood classic episodes like the body switching, the enemy within, or the gothic witchy horror of Cat's Paw, we at the Here's Johnny podcast like to dive even deeper into the genre of horror. That's right, Justin, and even though you really dated yourself naming off two super old episodes of Star Trek, here on the Here's Johnny podcast, we review video games and films from all over the horror genre, looking at different subgenres like vampires, aliens, and zombies, and we compare the similarities and differences between the media. We also have discussion-based episodes, which range from interviews with people in the industry, deep dives into directors, and their filmography or analysis into video game timelines. Yeah, that fictional history of Resident Evil was quite the doozy. But be sure to check us out. You can find us on any podcasting site. We have new episodes every Monday, and our website is here's Johnny Podcast. com backslash horror. And on there, you can find links to our episode feed, all our social media. It is all there. And remember, in space, no one can hear you scream. And stay scary.